Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. Everybody, welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast that is designed to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. I'm your host, Paul Turner, and so I want to thank you for joining me today, hanging out with me for just a little while today, wherever you may be, in your car or chilling in your office or listening on your computer or listening through your phone or wherever you may be. Uh, I am uh, coming off of, this is kind of my day off and uh, reflecting a little bit on our Harvest uh, Festival that we had last night. I had a really good turnout. Had all our people uh, really step up, do some amazing things, had some friends come in, do some music, and I mean, the whole night was kind of a, just a really cool kind of a, uh, a night, and uh, you know, we did trunk or treat, so I don't know if you do trunk or treat or not, but we enjoyed doing that. We saw a lot of really good costumes. Uh, a lot of our people really went to great lengths uh, with their cars and designing. We had a, some Candylands, we had, um, let's see, we had Gotham City, uh, we had um, uh, Duck Dynasty. We had a lot of really, really good, um, a lot of really good cars that were well designed and well done, and we give out prizes for that. So uh, I don't know what you guys do uh, for that, but uh, I'd love to hear about it in the comments below if you guys want to share a little bit about what you do for the Halloween harvest season. I'm kind of excited that I get to be home uh, this Halloween because normally I am not. Normally we're either doing this doing Harvest Festival, maybe on Halloween or something like that, or there's plans or things like that. So I'm kind of glad that I get to stay home and just kind of hand out candy and um, uh, maybe wear my costume. I was the uh, Mad Hatter, uh, and so that was kind of fun. Had a really good uh, idea for that. So I cobbled together a few things and turned myself into the Mad Hatter. That worked well. Uh, I did that. Originally, I did that. I used that for our our youth uh, Disney costume night, which our some of our college students uh, and high school students came up with, and so that was really a that was really a fun night. So if you uh, you want any more information on that, uh, I'll put the links down below in the show notes. So, uh, but today I want to talk to you guys about um, uh, you know we we me I don't know where you're at in your church. Uh, I've said this oftentimes. I've said this in probably multiple places maybe, uh, but the fact is that I have not been in a church longer than five years, and there's, uh, you know, whatever reasons there are for that, uh, but I am currently uh, at the church I'm in now. I have broken, the curse has been broken over me, I guess, uh, and I've been in this church now, uh, this is my starting, uh, I'm a couple months into my sixth year, and I hope that I will continue to uh, see that happen and see that grow and uh, continue to minister and continue to build deeper and deeper relationships with the kids and the people of the church. So I'm kind of really excited about that. But in my previous churches, uh, we're talking about, you know, when is it time to move on? When is it time to, uh, when have you spiritually outgrown your church? And I know that sounds like an arrogant statement, I, I you know, that you can out, but you can, out, I mean, look, we outgrow middle school. We learn all that we can in middle school. We move on. We outgrow uh, high school and we learned all that we can learn and we move on. We outgrow college. Uh, we do our four years, six years, uh, and then we move on. And so I think, you know, uh, first, and I'm not saying this is applicable to everybody. I'm saying this is applicable to me because there are times and places where I have just learned 
enough. I, I've just I've I've executed on everything I can execute on. I feel like I, I've learned all that I can learn. I feel like God's done the work that He needs to do in me in the time that He has set me apart to do it. And then there's just a time for me to go. And and there are certain signs and and I want to explain too because I, I I'm not. I don't want you to think, oh Paul, you're so arrogant that you're so you know self-aware that you know that you that you you just know all these things I, I don't I, I mean there's some places where I missed the boat I just missed it um, but I but there are things that I do have um, you know I'm not talking about outgrowing the church in the sense of oh I'm bigger than the church I'm talking about outgrowing the organization you work for um, you know or the culture of the organization you're in you know where uh, there are guys that go or girls that go to churches and and their youth workers there in a uh, a very rural church maybe and they cut their teeth there and then suddenly they've moved on to maybe uh, you know uh, uh, a bigger suburban kind of church or a city church or something like that and they just just move on. I don't see it as ladder climbing. I just see it as you just kind of know when you're done. And I think that's the same way for me. And the way that I've outgrown a church is I know. It, there's three ways. There's three ways that I know. I want to break down the three ways to you real quick, and then I want to get into a deeper response, one that you're not going to see on, if those of you that follow me on YouTube, at youtube.com slash Jedi for Hire. I talked about this there, and I just broke down the three the three reasons there, uh, and then I, I blogged about it. You can find the blog post there where I detail a little bit more at thedisciplesproject.net and just search for the title, um, Three Signs You've Outgrown Your Church. And in this case, where I get to, I'm actually responding to a comment that is on the blog. But before I get to the comment and break it down even further, I want to talk to you about the three reasons I know that I have outgrown a church. Three ways that I know this. Number one, I become apathetic about the church and the vision and the direction of the church. I just don't care. Uh, at some point, it is just, uh, I, you know, I have sat, I can remember uh, sitting in staff meetings, um, and, you know, the staff is batting around all these small ball ideas and what are we going to do about this and what are we going to do about that? And, and you, know, you know, and I wasn't the only voice for changing those meetings or the appointed martyr, but basically it was clear that uh, I just didn't like the direction we were going. And uh, you know what? I just, you know, just I was okay for me to disagree and, and not just out loud. I, I knew that me personally, you know, if I can't, you know, sometimes you just don't know. You don't know until you're in the church. You know, everything looks great on the outside, any organization. I don't care if it's a business. I don't care if it's a, a nonprofit. It doesn't matter. You get into that organization, You, you know, all the hope in the world will get you through until you look peek behind the curtain and you go, you don't know where everything's going. You don't know there's certain things you don't know. You accept jobs, positions, uh, wherever, and then you just don't know what's behind the scenes until you're behind the scenes and you, then you see what's going on. Um, you know, but I love God's church. I love God's church. I love the the community. I love what it can do. Uh, and it kills me when we just think so small and we drag God down to our size. And And I know that when I'm in a church, um, that if I become apathetic about the church or the vision or the direction, well, the direction, you know, based on the vision, uh, that I'm going to, I'm going to check out and my, uh, I'm emotionally going to disconnect and then, then I have to just really start trusting God and saying, God, what are, you, what are you doing now? What's going on here? And I'm always nervous about that because I always have to tell my wife about that. And if you've ever, if you're a man or a woman who's ever had to talk to your spouse about, you think you're supposed to be leaving your job, 
suddenly all these, you know, bells and alarms start to go, especially if you've done it more than one time, uh, like I have, um, you know, then that's, you know, danger, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Um, but that's the first thing is I get apathetic. And uh, so I, I, I've, you know, in this case, in the church I'm at now, um, I don't, uh, hallelujah, I don't have to go talk to my wife about anything. I don't have to have a talk heart to heart with my pastor or things like that. And so, you know, that's a good thing for me. Um, but you may be in that situation. I don't know. Maybe you've had to have that talk with the spouse. But for me, it's lost. I just become apathetic. I just quit caring. Uh, number two, um, I was out learning my leaders at an exponential rate. That's how I know that I was supposed to leave is that I had all these ideas. I, 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 everything I was learning and, and everything I had learned was not being put to use. Uh, and, and I don't want to say, once again, it's not meant to be arrogant. It just seems to me that for me, when I know that I've outgrown, that I've accumulated skills, abilities, talents, and if I don't feel like they're being put to good use, that's the outlearning part. Maybe, maybe the maybe the signal, the way I titled the signal is wrong. I'm not better than any of my leaders in any way, shape, or form. I am not. I'm not a better person than them. Uh, in fact, many of them were far more godly probably than I was uh, at those times. And uh, and for me though, it's just that if I was learning something. And if, I, and if I feel like I could not put it into practicality use, and if it feel like the things that I was learning was was beyond the scope and the vision of the church, then I became extremely frustrated. You know, whether that's the books I was reading, uh, whether that was the, the you know the stuff I was learning technologically, uh, and you know nobody just you know when you're when you're they say when you're the you're not the lead dog, you know the view never changes, and that's true. You know, if you're the second, third, fourth person in line of something. Uh, you know, you're trying to get heard from the back of the line, and and a lot of times that doesn't happen. And you're in the back there, learning, 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 and you try to offer some, you know, ideas. Uh, you try to offer this or that, and you know, there's only so many times you're going to be able to be shut down. And that's anything, any organization, whether it's business, whether it's whatever it is. And usually, if if I, I usually when I get in trouble is when I start getting off on my own and start doing some other things and uh, trying out new stuff. And that's when we get in trouble with our our pastors and other people. Uh, 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 you know, when we when we get to that place where we feel like we're out learning. And, and we're trying to execute on the things we've learned, and it's not in line with the vision. Back to the vision, right? We get apathetic, and then we want to challenge things. We try something new, and either maybe two things, it fails miserably, and then you're, you're caught in the failure, or two, it's super successful, and then maybe people are a little bit jealous of you that you, you have that success. Um, I've had both cases happen to me. So, you know, that's just the kind of way that, that goes. The third way is this, is there, there you know, there just were no more challenges. Once I became apathetic, once I started out learning my leadership in the sense of skills, in the sense of direction or vision in my own right, um, then I had to say, okay, there's just no more challenges for me. I, I know what I know what the staff meeting is going to be. There were no more, and maybe the challenges too. I'd say there's no more surprises. It's not that God can't surprise us. It's not that God can't, you know, do something. But you know, God works through leadership too, and leadership has to be listening. And leadership has to be executing and doing and acting on the things that they're hearing, uh, you know. And so for me, there just were no more challenges and no more uh, surprises. So I just, you know, I just quit growing, you know, from an organizational standpoint, uh, standpoint of view. Um, I just wound up not. I, now, were I growing in my relationship with the Lord? I'd like to think I was. 
Um, you know, I like to think that individually I spend a lot of time on my knees, a lot of time in prayer, usually praying for direction, usually praying, you know, checking my heart and saying, Lord, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so anxious about this? Why do I, you know, I don't know, maybe you feel the same way. Do you feel the same way? Do you feel like that sometimes where you're just crying out and saying, God, is anything going to change here? Um, and sometimes it does, you know, God answers prayers, you know, God does this. And in my cases, um, you know what? It just didn't. And it was a matter of either I was going to change or I just had to change locations. And I wound up, you know, changing locations is kind of what it went for me. And this church that I'm in now, I made a conscious decision that I was going to change. I just said, look, I have been through this before. I reached a, a critical mass point at some point, And I just said, you know what? I have got to work through this thing. Whatever this thing that's bugging me right now, I'm starting to get these happy feet at some point, uh, probably around you know year four or something like that. And I just said, you know what? I have got to change. And if I don't change, I'm just going to be another you know uh, guy that simply can't hang around long enough to see the fruit of God happen. And I just said, you know what? I just got to do that. I got to. There's some things I got to change about myself. There's things I got to change inside. And for whatever reason, I didn't. You know, I guess I, maybe I had those choices in those other churches, but in this case. You know, it really kind of clicked for me here. Now, that's not to say that I I didn't that I wasn't supposed to leave those churches. It's just to say that um, in this church, a maturity, spiritual maturity, uh, you know, physical maturity, mental maturity, emotional maturity, all kind of caught up with me and was able to make a a decision that way. Um, and so, you know what? I'm not saying it will won't ever happen here, but I hope it doesn't. At least not at the immediate uh, moment here. But I had a comment. Uh, two on this, and that's the part where I'm going to get into now. And if any one of those three resonates with you, I'd love your comments down in the uh, in the in the notes below there. But the comment I got was this. I'm going to elaborate uh, a little bit, and this is where the extra bonus bonus stuff is here that you don't get on some of the other places here. It says uh, says uh, this is Joshua, and Joshua says this is so resonates with me about the blog post. It says this is not it, it's not even funny. Fear of being labeled to say. I think I am better and can't serve has kept me, has, has kept, it says, I'm sorry, let me read that again. It says, it's not even funny, the fear of being labeled to say that I think I am better and can't serve has kept me, has kept, has kept me. The problem is that if I do visit other churches, uh, if I do, if I do not visit other churches, I do not get refreshed. And that's a common problem. Right, we get in a situation where the church isn't growing, the church isn't being refreshed, um, leadership's not being obedient. Uh, you know, whatever's happening there, but the people are just not getting refreshed. The youth workers not being refreshed. The staff is not being refreshed. He goes on to say, he says, if I do not watch videos or read books, I do not get a fresh word. I have felt like I am dying spiritually, but prayed the feeling away. Now, reading this has been of great help. How do you choose your next step? or church where you can grow and be used in a proper way? And that's a great question. I think we're always wondering that. And this all depends on a lot of things, by the way. It depends on if you're single or not. depends if you have a family. It depends if you're just married with no kids. But at least for me, you know, when I've, uh, you know, if you ask myself, my 25-year-old self, um, you know what, uh, I, I could have advised, if, if I was talking to my 25 year old, I would advise them, don't do it. Don't make the jump. Don't do this thing you're about to do. Because really in reality, my first, my first transition was not good. I felt like I made it out of arrogance and pride and it just wasn't good. It wasn't a good feeling. It, you know, it, it turned into a mess for me and my family in the short term. And, um, and I didn't ask very good questions. Now my 47 year old self, 
uh, is asking better questions, right? Am I being effective where I am? Am I here to serve a purpose? Am I growing professionally and spiritually? If not, why not? How much of this is my fault, right? What can I do about it, right? I would also have a conversation with trusted people about, you know, what they see. What do they see in me, you know? Uh, if it was my pastor, I would ask him the same questions that I just asked a second ago, you know, am I here to serve a purpose? Am I being effective? And I would say, do you have any suggestions? In a suggestive kind of tone, not in a challenging uh, kind of tone, Um and if I did not, you know, if I didn't have anyone I could ask questions of, I, I just looked to my connections. I would look to my my state denom leaders, maybe, or just friends around, or people who know me super well. I would check with friends in the ministry and kind of see what the job market was like. And these are things I would tell my twenty five year old self because I don't did I didn't do any of these things. I I just was frustrated, uh, and I thought, you know, what am I going to do here? And although the only answer was well to move up, move out. Uh, and carry on, but I was just clueless. I had no idea, twenty-five year olds, what I was doing. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you? If you're older than twenty-five, you're up around my age. Maybe you look back and think about your twenty-five year old self and some of these questions you maybe you had wished you had asked yourself. Um, but anyway, to challenge myself, and I started this several years ago. Is uh, you know. I, I would just have to ask myself, what, what, you know, whether I wanted to, you know, stay in the church, stay in church work, or in a different kind of ministry in line with my gifts. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I had to challenge myself, and I think that's every, what everybody has to do. I think you have to find what you're good at, and is there an outlet for that as you work your normal, regular job? If you're a youth pastor, youth worker, part time, full time. And you say, well, what else, you know, is there other things that I like to do that I don't feel like I'm, you know, and I know we use that thing. We say, well, we're not being fed. I understand that. I understand about eating, grabbing the spoon, finding what we can have. But you, if you've worked in a church for any amount of time, you understand that culture can just be this huge wet blanket that you walk into every week. And suddenly the fire that you had is no longer the fire you have. And regardless of whether you think it's a choice, regardless of whether you think whatever it is, whether it's spiritual maturity, whatever that is, um, culture has an effect on your ability to grow and your ability to grow deeper with the Lord and all those things. And so for me, I had to, like I said, I had to look at myself and go, okay, well, what am I good at? What am I, what can I challenge myself with? And I started to, you know, look outward to, um, you know, you, you guys that are youth workers that are listening to this. And saying to myself, you know what, I could start a blog and I could write about the stuff that I've learned, you know, about youth work. I could make videos like on my YouTube channel and I say, okay, I'm going to make videos and I'm over right now. I think I'm around 150, uh, between 150 and 200 videos of just sharing my thoughts about youth ministry. Um, you know, I could write my own curriculum, which I've done, put that up in a store where you can purchase it at uh, shop.thedisciplesproject.net. Um, I've recently uh, adopted Periscope and just started to uh, do live shows on that. I, I think I'm pretty good live, uh, where I can get in front of people and talk and chat about and stay in my wheelhouse about things I know. Um, and I think you do. I think no matter where you're at, whatever church you're in, you have to find a way to use what you're good at within the ministry if you can. And if you can't, then you know, you find another way to do it. You find, you know, there's your job, right? Until you can find another place, until God moves you on, until you feel a release to do that, until you say, look, I got to I gotta get out of here and do something else, which is perfectly fine. It's not a sin. You know, it's a sin to be disobedient to the Lord. It's not a sin to quit your church or quit a job. You know, it's it's a sin to be disobedient. Uh, you know what? I've, I've tried to leave every church, and I think I've left every church 
uh, that I've been in on good terms, um, on the best terms I could be. I, I, you know, even the two churches that I was fired from, worse it wasn't for. It was more of those. It was one of those. You know, well, uh, brother Paul, we just don't think you're a good fit here, kind of uh, deal, which is fine. But even then, I didn't badmouth the church afterwards. I didn't go after people. I didn't complain. I didn't. You know, I just. You know, you just have to be able to. You know, uh, leave well. You know, if you can do that. Um, but use what gifts you have. You know, I'm a writer and I'm good at video, so I choose platforms uh, that would allow me to create and wanted to reach those I could reach. That uh, You could do that for teenagers if you wanted to do that. You could do a YouTube channel for, for your kids. You can use your creative stuff there. If they won't use it in the main service, then you can extend out and use it to, to reach more kids in various places um, and things like that. So I think that's what, I think that's really, we all have to be in prayer. We all have to really sense uh, where we're at with the Lord uh, uh, from a maturity point of view. You got to talk to people. Uh, you got to, um, you got to be able to sense and know your own gifts and your own callings. And you have to be able to execute. You have to be able to say, okay, if I can't, if I'm not growing here, what's going to help me do that? And then ask the Lord and say, Lord, when is that transition point? Lord, show me, <coughs> excuse me. Um, show me where that transition point is. Where can I use my gift, talents, and ability to best benefit the kingdom of God? And how will this, how can I do it without hurting my family or, or hurting myself or hurting my reputation and things like that? So, um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's just kind of where I'm at. And so, uh, uh, I hope that um, I hope some of this information is good for you guys. I love your comments. I love your suggestions and thoughts down below. If this has uh, impacted you, if this has uh, resonated with you a little bit, kind of like it resonated with Joshua there, uh, and I hope you're encouraged. And so I want to, you know, be able to you know move and transition here into some other things here because I, I have a few, couple other things I want to talk about because I want to leave you with some uh, some motivation and leave you with some other thoughts there. And uh, right now it is time for the moment of nerd. Yes, the moment of nerd, people. I know you've been waiting for it. Paul, what have you been nerding out about? Well, let me give you a few things uh, that I'm nerding out about. Number one, I, I bought this game. Uh, it's a card game called Super Fight, and it's a game of absurd arguments. And I am really nerding out about it because, and I just bought it. They just found it at my local game shop in town. And uh, you basically choose... Um, three cards, and then you match up these cards against your opponent. Two people go at a time, and um, you know they. Uh, you have this basically this absurd argument. So, example: if I chose, I'll just I just got the cards in front of me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick. A, you know, example: I'm gonna I'll pick a card here, like Martha Stewart. Okay, Martha Stewart's a character card, and you're gonna put that out there. Other cards include, I mean, I'm just throwing things like Shark, uh, Child Beauty Queen, the Illuminati, Leprechaun, Justin Bieber, right? And then you have an opportunity to lay down a one of the black cards, which is a, um, uh, you know, an adjective of some kind that would uh, enhance your character. So, example, if you had Martha Stewart, and I laid down. Um, uh, let's see, uh, bionic. Okay. And then I chose, they allow you to choose another card, uh, from your, from the thing there to, uh, be able to add to your hand there. Um, and then I added, can create a hologram, hologram of self. So I have Martha Stewart, who's bionic and can create a hologram of self, hologram of self, uh, versus let's say, um, Justin Bieber, uh, who has, um, Let's see, has 
uh, <laughs> everything, everything they touch turns to hummus would be one of his abilities. And uh, also um, uh, can't stop dancing. So anyways, we had, now we have Martha Stewart, who's bionic, and can create a hologram of herself uh, against Justin Bieber, who everything he, he touches can turn uh, to hummus and can't stop dancing. And then you sit around the table and you argue which one of these people would win. By the way, I would love your, your comments about this. Who do you think wins this deal? This, if they were to get into an actual fight, Martha Stewart, bionic, can create a hologram of herself. Uh, and then also uh, versus Justin Bieber, who everything he touches turns to hummus and can't stop dancing. So you tell me in the comments below, time for the super fight. Make it happen, people. And uh, tell me which one of these people will win, in fact. Uh, and so as we kind of draw at, you know, to the end of the uh, podcast here, I just have a couple more things that I'm nerding out about. Number one, uh, Boomerang. Nerding around about the app Boomerang, uh, which is a basically a one-second GIF maker. And if you go to my website, uh, thedisciplesproject.net, I put up three videos there that I've been doing, uh, some with my kids, some with me, uh, which makes this really interesting one-second GIF that you can you know, uh, do some things with. And I think they're going to be adding it's an It's an app from Instagram, so it's kind of cool. I've been posting there. And it's a really fun app, and uh, I, I think my kids are already getting tired of me using it because I use it quite a bit. But uh, so if you're looking for that, that's over in the app store and that's called Boomerang. Um, and then basically I've been diving into some uh, some books and some things that I'm nerding out about. Uh, I'm currently reading Watchman Nee, uh, The Joyful Heart Daily Meditations, uh, and also Jesus in Blue Jeans, A Practical Guide to Everyday Spirituality by Lori Beth Jones. That's also a super book uh, that I've been reading. And then uh, nerding out about a couple, I just keep hearing about these books and these, you know, books I, I've never read as a child, uh, but I'm going to read them as an adult. I'm going to read, uh, and maybe that's why my choice of Mad Hatter, but I'm going to read Alice in Wonderland. Because I know a lot of movies, you know, have taken from that, you know, example, The Matrix and stuff like that. And so I want to read the book, read the book over again, and um, uh, read it again for the first time, not over again, but read the book and, uh, and just kind of get into it. And so I'm kind of nerding out about that. And then uh, another book I keep hearing about, um, I've heard on news, I've heard various places, and I've seen it in my local library, and I just said, look, I'm just going to pick this thing up. It's called The Alchemist by Apollo Co... Uh, Co- Coelho? Coelho, yeah. Uh, and so anyway, I'm going to start reading that as a bit of a parable, I guess, uh, is from what I understand about it. If you know more about it than I do, please let me know. Uh, but it is a, uh, um, supposed to be a really good uh, book, and, and so I'm going to go ahead and read that and, uh, and see what I can draw from it. So, But uh, anyway, guys, I hope that, uh, I hope that uh, today has been uh, fruitful for you. I hope that your time listening to this podcast has been uh, of value to you. Uh, be sure to go ahead, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, uh, which I'm sure you are, unless, of course, I have up- uploaded it to the YouTube channel, but I'm pretty sure you're listening to it on SoundCloud. It's downloadable, so you can download it and take it with you. You can share it with somebody. And then uh, uh, you can, uh, you know, uh, subscribe, and I hope that you do. I hope that you can get this. And this, I believe this is Episode 7. They say that if you're in Episode 7, that most podcasts don't get past to Episode 7. And I've not uploaded this yet to iTunes just because I want to make sure that I'm going to be consistent and uh, I'm not there yet. 
I'm like once every two weeks, once every three weeks maybe. I'm trying to get it down to once a week where I try to have that just hammered in and hammered down. So, um, But anyway, that's just my business and, and hopefully your business if you become a subscriber at some point uh, when I get it up there on iTunes and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but anyway, to leave you with a, a little bit of uh, motivation today uh, because I w- hopefully this has been motivating, all of this has been motivating to you that, 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 um, that God uh, is certainly... Uh, interested in you, and God is certainly interested in where you're at, whatever church you're at right now, uh, and God is definitely um, just uh, waiting with you. He's, he's working with you. He's not working against you. He's not trying to make you m- miserable on purpose, <laughs> okay? I know I've thought that from time to time, uh, but it's not true, and um, and so I want to leave you with uh, just a little bit of motivation, if I can, and, and uh, it's a quote I heard the other morning, and uh, I heard it on the radio. You know, it says that uh, in a world filled with people that are shouting, a whisper can be a powerful thing. In a world that is uh, filled with shouting, a whisper can be a powerful thing. And, um, you know, uh, listen for the whispers in your life. Listen for the, the whisper of God. You know, don't worry about the, 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 the signs from uh, the signs from heaven and and the and the lightning bolts and the and the sudden all of a sudden type of things, but listen to the small still voice like Elijah did. Listen to that. You know, it says that God wasn't in the fire and God wasn't in the earthquake, and yet God was in a, a small still whisper uh, to him, and that's where God made Himself known. And so, my prayer for you today is: stay motivated. Don't look in a world filled with all the shouting and all the stuff going on. Uh, there's a God who is whispering to you right now something powerful, something awesome. Uh, and it, it may not have anything to do with job changing. It may not have anything. It has to do with your, your relationship with Him. It has to do with your identity in Him. And that is the most impor- uh, important and powerful thing um, that God is concerned about. He's not concerned about a lot. God can always give you another job. God can always give you uh, uh, another role or another position somewhere. Uh, but the one thing that God wants to hold on to is he wants to make sure he holds on to you and I in a, in a special relationship um, to where we're not, we're, not, we're not worried and messed up over uh, all the things this world has screwed up, and, um, and even the churches that maybe you might be in that are um, not uh, very good, to be honest with you. They're just not very good, and you're stuck. And so, um, but God knows where you're at. And God sees you, and you may think you're the only person living right, kind of like uh, Elijah did. And and um, and but you know what? God has uh, whispered and said, "Look, hey, there's uh, you know, there's um, there's a bunch of other prophets I've hidden in a cave somewhere. You're not the only one. And you know what? You're not. You maybe think you're you're just you know stuck somewhere, but there's other people who feel just like you, who wonder about the same things, who are thinking through the same processes. Uh, but listen." to the voices. Don't listen to the shouts, even your own shouts, the shouts inside your head. Listen for the small whisper voice of God, and uh, that will draw you through. So anyway, guys, I want to thank you guys for uh, for joining me for just a little while today. I hope that uh, you are feeling motivated. I hope that your youth ministry is uh, moving forward. That's the purpose of this podcast, and I hope you guys will join me next time uh, on the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. And uh, you guys have a great week, everybody. I'll see you guys next time.